We all understand that resilience is such an important trait to have and to build in our kids, but ultimately, how do you build resilience? How do you build patience? We're gonna dive into why you should be putting your kids in as many positions to lose as you possibly can as a parent and why that's not a bad thing. Thank you for joining us on another week of Hashtag Dad Life, a part of the Beyond Real Estate podcast. With me, as always, is Jalen, but not literally with me, just figuratively speaking, he's in Denver, I am in Southern California. And today we wanna to dive into the topic of putting your kids in as many positions to fail as possible. So join us for an edutaining topic as we dive into this one after these messages. Welcome to Beyond Real Estate with Jalik, the podcast discussing parenting, real estate, and business. Every week we go in depth on how to become successful in life and business. Nick, take it away. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another hashtag dad life episode. And again, we wanna talk about failing. And I think a lot of parents are afraid to fail and more specifically afraid of their kids to fail, which I get initially, but in hindsight, an absolutely terrible way to parent because think about the, the challenges you had to overcome. Why should your kids be any different in having to overcome some of those same challenges or more challenges? Uh, to a degree. I think it's so easy to just mow down uh, anything that comes their way because you want to make their life easy, which again, I get the idea of it. But Jalen, let me throw that one on you. Um, you. You've had more experience in the parenting space than I have. What are your thoughts when I hear, let your kids lose, put them in positions to do so? Yeah, I think a lot of the time too is it, there's a difference between and the, there needs to be a very clear difference between coddling your kids and making sure that nothing bad happens to them and allowing them to actually grow and i think that's what comes to mind for me when it's allow your kids to be in positions to where they can lose because if there's nothing that's kind of riding on it for them if there's nothing that's going to be either a win or a loss for them then there's no real reason for them to try their best and that's a it's ultimately what i don't the, the, the kind of situations that I don't want to put my kids in, right? Where I'm, I'm kind of, that's a helicopter parent where it's like, I'll, I'll make sure that nothing ever hurts you or harms you. It's like, no, I want you to be in a position where it's like, son, you got to watch out for, you know, to take, climb up those monkey bars one foot at a time. Be careful. Oh, no, you're okay. You know, oh, maybe this is, you're getting a little high up. So I'll kind of be that safety net so that, you know, that they're not going to break their head open, but it's like, no, I want you to misplace your foot and then learn to, oh, next time I got to put my foot up there. It that's a, that's a great one that I think is a perfect analogy for parenting where you can be playing with your kids on a playground or, or anywhere that has something kind of climbing and you want to make sure that they don't get hurt, like to the point of breaking a bone or something like that. But also you kind of want to see them scrape their knee a little bit. You want to... You want them to try hard enough to where they're really straining to pull up their little body to to get on top of that. A lot of parents don't want so, that, right? A lot of parents don't want them to go through that pain because it's pain. Which and is mind-boggling. Okay. Why? Because they just, what, what's well, going on with me not wanting my kid to not want to experience pain? I think you're sick for saying kids should create pain. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what the the world ultimately is like the world doesn't care right, right the world's right. not gonna be like you haven't experienced pain well of course i'm not going to punish you it's like no 
the world's gonna hit at the the speed and force that the world hits at. It hits yeah. everyone at with, and it's it's not going to care whether your parents never let anything bad happen to you. Well, and it's, it's, it's the job of the parents to to guide you through that to understand how to navigate those spaces, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and so let's go in between because you started off with monkey bars, and then and we got to life it's just going to hit him full force let's go in those teenagers so putting him in positions to lose they're on a losing team i think a lot of parents run from that losing team mm. um in in some and i i would say i would make the argument you know not so fast right so what i can think of my reasons and i'll share them after yours would you have reasons to allow your kid to experience going oh and ten on whether it be basketball, baseball, soccer, any sport, or do you look at that as a parent and be like, they don't need to fail like that. They don't need to experience the 8-0 loss. Like, that's not healthy. Thoughts? Um, I think it comes down to what what's the level of coaching, right? Yep. Are, are they getting the... Like, you can still lose for factors outside of the ability of the coach or of your kid. You know, if... if uh, Say, I mean, I think this is an easy one just for a little thought experiment of if LeBron James was coaching your kid's basketball team and you had maybe his son and your son were the only two good kids on the team and the other kids were, again, hypothetical thought experiment. You're not going to run away from a coach like a LeBron James or insert your favorite coach here and be like no if we're on a losing team and that's the coach i'd still leave it's like no you'd be like that coach's value the amount of value that that coach brings to the table is so much greater than a, a win loss record for a child sport that of course i'm going to keep my kid with that coach as long as i can but that's just my thought on it what are your thoughts when it comes to you know keep them on that losing team <laughs> yeah i think I agree with you 100%. There's not any part of that that I would disagree to say, even it, and I will go as far as to say, even in the high school years, I think that's where a lot of parents get afraid of their kids failing is A, it looks bad on them. They they take that outcome and tie it to their identity as that makes us yeah. as a family a failure. Because when I'm talking with my friends, I have to tell them my kids are part of a two and 10 team, not a 10 and two team. Um, but the other part of it that I know a lot of parents get wrapped up in is, but they're not gonna get a college scholarship. And I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago um, and the benefits of being on a better team, a better winning team. Reality is, again, at the college, those college opportunities, they recruit individuals, not teams, right? Yeah. And, and again, if they're a good coach, whether it be LeBron James or someone a little bit, not, not as big of a name, but it's just very good, they're going to be well-connected. They're going to be able to find those opportunities and help facilitate those opportunities because that's why they're real. That's a part of what makes them really good as well. Right. It's not just one thing. So I, I agree. And I think people need to embrace those those challenging moments, because like you said, life is going to hit it, hit them, whether they had a parent that coddled them and didn't ever let them fail or not. They're still going to experience those things as they get older and as they age. And so I think we're doing all of our kids a dis disservice by saying, oh, you shouldn't take bumps along the way, because what do we all <laughs> value? We value perseverance. We value the underdogs. We value yeah. the story of, wow, that's such a good example. You know, they didn't quit. Yet, I think we're so quick to allow our kids to quit, or so many people are, because it's like, oh, but they're not liking it, or they're on a bad team. So you just justify the action. What are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, and and here's here's a, a fun little story. So the first time, and for anyone that knows me, they know I love baseball. Like I'm, I'm anyone that ever watches the video, I, I know we have more listeners than we do have viewers, but uh, always wearing a baseball cap. Go Yankees! And the first season I ever played baseball was in fifth grade, and I absolutely hated it. And it was because of the environment that I was in. The the coach, uh, the players, when you're a fifth grader and you haven't played T-ball, you know, or yeah, fifth grader, you're you're not good. The other kids are significantly better than you, even if you're a bigger guy like I was. And so um, there was a, a lot of ridicule, a lot of a lot of these, you know, like it was an overall negative experience where the, the coach and the kids are making fun of you for not being good. And my mom allowed me to get out of that situation right she wasn't like you're gonna eat it like just i think it was the time where i was literally crying in the back of the car before practice being like i do not want to go on that field like this is a dreadful experience so she was like okay i think we are done with it (laughs) i think i pushed my child to the end which is good a parent should understand you know you do need to push them I, i think uh we'll get to why this was such a good thing because the next season my mom was like, We're, we'll go to a different league. We'll have different coaches. Um, we'll we'll have you play at the lowest level you can for your age. So I was the biggest kid on the... I, I remember the first time I walked out with a catcher's gear. It was all a little bit too short. And the coach goes, Jalen, you're wearing a cup, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, yes, I am, coach. <laughs> they were worried about the family jewels. That's how poorly that catcher's gear covered me. Um, but, you know, showing up, and being able to not my, my mom not allowing me to be like that one experience is bad and so now i'm going to allow you to let that color all of your experience with this sport or with that interaction in general just in sports um that was really good because it taught me quite a few things and some of those big things are you know understanding never make fun of the worst kid on the team you know you're you as a team member you got to prop kids up you got to understand, you know, hey, if they're not doing well, give them more attention. As a teammate, that's what I became more aware of. And that was purely because my mom didn't allow me to leave a bad situation immediately. Instead, she allowed me to take my licks a little bit in that and be like, hey, you know, I like, all right, I can see that this is clearly affecting your mental health now. We'll call it a day. But let's get back on the horse and try it again and see what the next experience has to bring. And let's see what we can draw from that negative experience to become a better person. So I think that that's where allowing your kids to be in a poor situation isn't purely a, you know, you're you're hardening them. But you can also just make them a better person by allowing them to see what it feels like to be in a bad situation and to know how to better handle that when you're there in a bad situation in the future. Um, Nick, I'm sure as a coach, you experienced that as a player, you experienced that kind of stuff. But um, what are some things that you're going to look out for on Diego's growing journey when it comes to, you know, if he is in that bad situation or he does need to take those licks? How far do you think it is okay for a parent to allow your kids to be in a semi negative position so that Mm -hmm. they can grow to be a better person? Yeah, I think number one, you have to have context to know because what does bad look like, right? If it is a bad abuse, uh, a a coach that abuses verbally, right? The ones that are honestly putting kids down, like to me, in my opinion, that warrants, uh, I don't stick around for that because I know what coaches 
I know what a good coach looks like and having had those conversations with others. And I can think of my favorite coaches. They weren't demeaning. They didn't have to make a, fe- no. make a 12-year-old feel bad in order to have a good team. Um, so thinking of it in that way, that would warrant for me as a parent to say, he doesn't need to experience a demeaning adult to say, you're Pete the crap, you're terrible, yeah. to try to think that that's going to motivate him somehow to play better. Um, but if it's him not liking the sport or the training environment because he's a kid and kids go through those ups and downs, which is, by the way, parents, like totally normal and healthy. Like there's nothing wrong with your kid to say, I don't want to go to training today. Um, if it's a one-off, right? If it becomes a trend, now maybe yep. you start having some different conversations. Um, but he, here's an interesting one that's always stuck with me as a parent um, when it comes to kids saying, I want to quit. And it, there, there was one parent that said, I have a kind of a verbal commitment with my kid to say, if we're going to quit, number one, you're going to finish out the season. And two, if you're going to quit, you have to finish in a better position in terms of your qualities than you are currently. So they have to commit to getting better because I think that I thought, what an interesting spin because so often when a kid knows they're going to quit, the the effort falls and it's just like, well, the parents like, God, well, might as well yank him now because he's just being a putz. I don't want to have to travel and spend all the money to watch my kid be a putz because they know they're going to quit. I thought, what an interesting uh, commitment to hold 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 their kid to to say, hey, okay, we'll step away after the after the season, not now, and you have to commit that you're going to be in a better position to see maybe they grow start growing a love for it again. You know, it's like, wow, I'm investing time and I'm seeing more play time, and now it doesn't suck as bad, right, or anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I So that that's something that I definitely want want to be mindful of to, to help him navigate yeah. his ways. And I, I think a lot of parents too need to not be afraid of putting your kid down a level, not like physically down, but yeah. like, like, or mentally down or anything like that. But being like, you know, me not playing baseball ever before. So I never played T-ball. I played T-ball when I was like in kindergarten, right? And now I'm in fifth grade. So that's, you know, those skills haven't been developed to be able to hit a pitch. And so that's can contribute to why I look so bad on the field didn't mean that I didn't have the athletic ability to be on the field. It just meant that I didn't have the skills necessary to perform at the same level as everyone else. And I think a lot of parents are afraid to be like, either let's keep them there. hundred percent. Or let's keep them to a lower level so that they can regain those abilities. Cause that's yep. what I did the next season. I, yep. I, I hit on the same field. It was kids that were smaller than me, but I was able to regain was able to, to catch up with more people on the abilities that I'd missed out on. Yep. And the next season I was hitting on the, you know, 300 foot field versus the 200 foot field. Yep. It was, it was a different jump, but I had regained those. So, and, and I think that can be applied to, you know, your schooling, your, your social abilities, um, not just athletic. And I think a lot of parents think that's bad, but now they're stagnating. So, well, no, you're letting think, them re-catch yeah. up. 100%. And I think they also look at it as bad because, again, they have to explain it to their family and friends that their son or daughter is not playing in the age group. They, they somehow feel, again, that's a negative thing, which is such a selfish mindset because they're not looking in the best interest of their kid anymore, looking in the best interest of themselves as a parent to say, I don't want to be that parent to have to explain that to my family and friends to say, Jalen's just not where he needs to be. And they, they look at, at that as a bad thing versus a healthy thing, and which is, again, too bad. Um, because they're missing out on what could be a much better experience for their kid. 
Um, confidence. We've touched on that a couple of times in this podcast. Yeah. Such a hard thing to create, such an easy thing to kill. Um, and and there's, yeah. I think that plays a lot into the confidence piece. If you don't have the skill set, you will not build that confidence that your parents want you to build and show you the examples of professional. Be like, look at Aaron Judge. Look at how he handles himself. Look at how he walks. Why can't you just do that? You're both human. You both tie shoes every day. It's like, you stop. Stop. Yeah. Number one. Uh, last one that, that I'd like to end with too, when it comes to putting our kids in positions to lose, accountability. I think so many parents are so quick to, not my kid, right? And it's so easy to point that finger and it's really hard to look in the mirror and even harder not to just do it as a parent, but to, to allow your kid and help your kid to, to take take accountability, right? We, we so quick, I, I see so many parents running to, to shield them. And say no, not them. You can't. You can't do that to my kid, but to anybody else. Of course, you need to hold them accountable. Thoughts, yeah. Jay? Yeah, I, I think um, holding accountable that that comes a few different ways too. It, not just you know, hey, if they need to be benched, bench them. If they need more playing time to to get better, they need more individual coaching. You know, coach them up. But I think that that also comes down to just being able to acknowledge where your kid is at with their skill level and their progression and understanding that not everyone also progresses at the same level. So holding them accountable in that way. And the last thing that I could think of when it comes to accountability is calling them out if they're not trying their hardest, right? And having that conversation and being like, but I know that you, cr like when, when we play, you know, catch or when we're, when we're, doing passing drills or anything like that you play so much better what what's going on on the field or what's going on like did, do you not enjoy the sport as much or you know are you, is there a, a stress factor that when it comes all down to it um like are, are what's what's actually happening there and having a better understanding as a parent and taking that on yourself to be like i i need to make sure that I'm holding them accountable to make sure that they are putting their best foot forward is something that a lot of parents I don't know if they just expect and and kind of hope that that's what the end result is, is just their best foot forward or there's also the extremes where you have the parents that are like you're just not putting your best foot forward because I think that you could be doing better and so there's almost that disconnect of you have to play that middle ground have those conversations regularly make sure that they're putting their best foot forward understand under and help them understand that it's in their best interest to put their best foot forward day in and day out because they, even if they don't enjoy that sport, it's allowing them to grow towards the things that they do enjoy more. Um, I remember in high school, <laughs> I remember, so I had a freshman in high school um, playing on the baseball team and all that, and uh, I would always view almost every class that I was taking as like, how is this a better opportunity to advance my baseball career? Completely stupid, but at the same time, it's like putting things in context where it's like, you know, when I was a speech and debate, uh, speech and debate class, uh, public speaking class and, and being like, this will help me with my press conferences, right? And so it's like silly things like that, but just sure. like kind of having that mindset of how does putting my best foot forward in this help me get to my other goals in life? And I think that's a really good way to approach things. And that's a really good thing to instill in your kids to be like, 
hey, you know, even if you don't like it, try your damnedest. Um, what does your best look do, like? Have that be the chance. Yeah. What does your best look like? Yeah. Yep. I think that that's, yeah, that's a, a perfect way to put it because that's ultimately, that does put them in those constant um, challenging aspects uh, in whatever they're doing. They're, they're constantly needing to re-challenge themselves. And that is a skill that you, it's very difficult to pick up in later in life because hell, there's a million and one self-help books and everyone you read is the exact same. And so it's like that skill is a very basic but not easy skill to uh, to grow. And so it's in your best interest as a parent, in the best interest of your kids to constantly be preaching that at the very minimal in order to make sure that you have a, a, a kid that when they're in those tar- those tough times and those dark times, they understand that just continuing to put themselves, the, their best self out there is in yep. their best interest, right? And, and you took that differently, but it's good um, in terms of the accountability piece because I think that's very relevant. Like, and where my head was going with it too was, was when kids make bad decisions, right? Whether it's on the field or off the field and let's, I'll, I'll steer it in the direction of off the field. And now what are the consequences that come back onto the field? Right. And there again, I think so many parents are, well, but my kid wasn't the the main cause of it. They were right. He was just a bystander <laughs> and it's like, hold on. And again, that's, that's where my head goes with accountability when it comes to a lot, not allow them to fail, but make sure they take responsibility for those things versus again, just be so easy to point fingers. Um, because that's the reality of life too, is we get to choose our actions. We don't get to choose our consequences. And I think the faster they get put in positions to have to deal with that, because we all screwed up. They're just on a bigger platform with social media for everybody to know about it, right? Every single adult that is an adult today is saying, thank God social media wasn't around when I was 14. When I was eight, I made some stupid <laughs> decisions, right? Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, they and, do have to deal with that. But I think more importantly, help them deal with you have to take accountability. What does that sound like? Is it an apology to the team? Is it an apology to the people you affected? Like step up, man up or woman up to your situation and own it. Yeah. And and one quick little story of that perfectly encapsulates that. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. So if you have you ever watched uh, the um, uh, Hard Knocks? Hard Knocks. I haven't watched Hard Knocks with DeAndre Hopkins but I know his upbringing okay. a bit with his mom. Yeah, super interesting, yeah. Uh, first and foremost. But uh, they were doing an interview. They, they were showing a little interview with him. And um, one of the news reporters were like, hey, uh, Kyler Murray, the quarterback for him. So he plays for the Arizona Cardinals football team. Um, Kyler Murray was struggling, right? Their, their first round draft pick quarterback. And DeAndre Hopkins, just to show what a professional mentality and someone that is at the top of their game with their mentality when it comes to taking accountability he said hey man there's 10 other guys on the field with him all of us need to be doing our jobs better in order for him to be doing better as well he didn't say yeah Kyler Murray he's just not hitting me he's he's missing those passes I was wide open on that it's such BS they pay him all this money and then he can't even perform not the not the that's not the correct mindset and any professional that's worth their worth their weight, they're gonna say that exact same thing. Hey, I need to do my job better if I want him to do his job better. 
because yeah for that one or two plays where he missed me there were 30 other plays where I could have ran my route better to get open and he would have had a much easier time uh, throwing the ball to me so those types of mentalities are almost the 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 pinnacle of here's the type of mentality you want your kid to have no matter where they are in life because you know that they'll always be on the up and up versus getting bogged down in the well i'm just a victim of my circumstance the other guy didn't do as well my boss isn't giving me the raise right there's nothing that i can do it's like if you're constantly putting your best foot forward and you're doing the best you can other people are going to recognize that other people are going to recognize that ability in your kid and they're going to have more options and opportunities to them that are afforded to them than the the person that is just that in that victim mindset mentality well, and, and I'll conclude with this. That's why DeAndre Hopkins is still in the league and is where he is yeah. in a high school stud that w- was a better whatever wide receiver 15 years ago is that you have never heard of the guy, right? Because again, it's yeah. that accountability that comes with, it's not just my quarterback's fault. It's not just their fault. It's awful me, right? And they can look in the mirror and honestly tell them that without just saying it just for the sake of saying it. Um, and, and like I said, own up yeah. to it. So. No, I, I think it's brilliant. So I hope our, our listeners and watchers out there feel like you can take something away from this. And if if it's a, a space that, I don't know, you struggle with, or maybe you're totally against it, let us know. Let us know in the comments. But if any of this did resonate with you, we'd appreciate the like, we'd appreciate the share, because ultimately when you do, do those small things, it allows more people to see it, more people like you to hear about it, and ultimately just helps more people. So thank you for joining us here on this Monday with Hashtag Deadlight. You don't want to miss Wednesday for those of you that are interested in the real estate space because we're going to be talking about what are the biggest misconceptions of buyers and sellers right now as we speak. So you don't want to miss that one on Wednesday. So thank you for for tuning in. Have a great holiday season. Until next time, this is this time. Have a good one. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more of Jalen McKenna, Colorado's mortgage dad, and his take on the Colorado real estate market or just mortgages and mortgage news in general, check out the links below. Also, check out the links below for more information on products, books, or references made in this podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.